Well, as you know, today is our communion service, and so I thought I would take a look at the question, why Jesus gave us communion? And as I studied into it, I can't do it all in one sermon, so the next communion I'll finish it. But we're going to look at 10 reasons for foot washing. As you are probably aware, most churches have dropped off the foot washing, even though I think all churches realize that that's what happened on the first communion. But somehow it, it got dropped off. But I found 10 reasons, and that's probably not all there are, why we should have the foot washing service. In John 13... Verses 6 through 11, we read, Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? You can just picture Peter almost, you know, backing away and uh, just not really wanting this to take place. Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. And I guess the question there is, do we know? <laughs> he promised Peter that he would know later. He didn't understand then, but that he would know later. And that means all of us should be able to understand because it's much later, right? Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. <clears throat> so he just put his foot down. He said, No, I'm, I'm not going to accept this. But this brings us to one of the most important points. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. In other words, Peter, it's a salvational issue. If you don't accept the washing of the feet, you're, you're not going to be with me. That's pretty serious, isn't it? Well, that changed Simon uh, right away. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands in my head. So now he's willing to be completely washed everywhere. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. Sometimes as a Christian we realize that we have sinned and maybe we've sinned more than we think we should have and more frequently than we should have and so we start thinking well uh, maybe I should get rebaptized but Jesus answered that question here he said no Peter you don't need to be rebaptized you don't need to redo what you've already done you just need to have your feet washed which will take care of all the sins that you have committed now that is one of the privileges of the foot washing service that every sin that we've committed since the last communion 
is washed away. And so this is a, a wonderful a privilege we have to leave totally clean. Now, of course, when you ask God to forgive you, he does that. But in a sense, we, we get that cleansing at the communion service. But then he added, but not all. Now that brings up another important point. Just going through the form of foot washing doesn't do what Jesus promised. It takes our involvement in it, that it's from the heart. It is connecting with him. And of course, it makes it plain who wasn't clean for, well, I, I should back up, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore, said he, ye are not all clean. So Judas had his feet washed, but he wasn't clean at the end. The other 11 were, and they really needed cleaning, as we'll see in a few moments. And this, too, often happens among us as church members that we have to have the same kind of cleaning that the disciples needed. In uh, John 13, 14 to 16, Jesus, after he has performed the foot washing service, he says this. <coughs> if I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. I suppose the biggest reason why foot washing is given up is because it's so humiliating. But Jesus says here, don't look at it that way. If I was willing to do it, why can't you do it? For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Now that's a direct command. Jesus is saying, I want you to do what I have done. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. So let's look at the points that are brought out in those verses. Why foot washing? Number one, it is necessary for salvation. He said very clearly, if you don't do this, you have no part with me. So it's a requirement for salvation. Number two, it is to remind us of Jesus' humility. Because humility is not something that we are born with. And we don't naturally adapt to that. And, you know, unfortunately, psychologists try to tell us that how to have a good <coughs> view of ourselves and to feel like we are somebody. 
But I believe in general they tell us the wrong way to realize that we have value, that, that Jesus sees something worthwhile in us. And so there's a tremendous battle that goes on with every human being from where we started to where we can be as humble as Jesus was. And therefore, this service is very important to keep reminding us, well, if Jesus can do that, if Jesus can uh, do this humble task, then certainly whatever task is needed, I should be able to do it. And of course, what he tells us to do, he will help us to do. That's uh, the good news. Number three, foot washing renews our baptism. So it's like being baptized over again, just uh, when the feet are washed. Four, however, there is a warning. A formal foot washing does nothing. So it could be that we would leave this place and our sins would still be on us. Just like with Judas, his sins are still on him because he didn't actually surrender. He, he almost surrendered. He came close to surrendering. But instead, his thought was, oh, anybody so humble as that can't ever become king. So I'm not going to join his group. But at first, he was strongly impressed to surrender his, his uh, selfishness and yield to Jesus. And pride is another thing that we struggle with a great deal. And that comes in anytime there's a disagreement between any of us or difference of opinion or anything, you know, that pride may be discovered in us. But the communion service, if it's practiced the way God wanted it to be, it helps us to give up our pride. And probably the second strongest reason, or maybe even the first, is that Jesus commanded it. He said, I want you to do what I've done. I washed your feet, now I want you to do that with each other. Now let's look at why. Why did Jesus see that they needed this? In the Tsar of Ages 644, it says, When the disciples entered the supper room, their hearts were full of resentful feelings. Now, hopefully nobody has that today here. But if you do, we have to say it's not unusual for that to happen. Because many times just being who we are offends somebody else. We didn't do anything. We didn't say anything, but we offended them. And then, of course, at times we say things and we do things. Or we fail to say things or do things and hurt people's feelings. 
So they had a really big one that happened, you know. The big argument during the disciples' time with Jesus was, who's going to sit on the right hand and the left hand of Jesus? And every one of them thought it should be them. So just before the communion service, two of them got their mother, of all things, to ask Jesus for the two highest places. And so all the rest of them, they were really worked up over that. So their hearts were full of resentful feelings. Another cause of dissension had arisen. Have you ever noticed how when one thing goes wrong, it seems like another thing goes wrong? <coughs> Here's what the problem was. No servant was present. And it was the disciples' part to perform it. So, as they noticed, there's no servant here. And if I do it, I'll be out of the race for sure. There's no way I can be on the right hand or the left hand of Jesus. So, they just made believe nothing was missing. And they just kept on, you know, going. But each of the disciples... Yielding to wounded pride, determined not to act a part of a servant. So Jesus let it go long enough that every one of them made a decision. Not going to be me. I hope somebody else does it, but it's not going to be me. Every one of them. And so this, Jesus recognized he needed something to remove these kind of problems. In Desire of Ages, also page 644, here's what was in the heart of Jesus. These were questions that Jesus was asking of his father. <coughs> How was Christ to bring these poor souls where Satan would not gain over them a decided victory? So he's saying, Father, how, how can I... Help these disciples to come out of this experience victorious and not come out of this service with all this dissension and an inability to love each other. What can I do? How could he show that a mere profession of discipleship did not make them disciples or ensure them a place in his kingdom? In other words, they were serving out of formality. And he's saying, how can I deliver them from that kind of service? How could he show that it is a loving service, true humility, which constitutes real greatness? You know, if I think my understanding of the Bible is better than someone else's and I don't 
push that and I don't, you know, maintain that against their uh, different view, it, it looks like we gave up something. But it's, it's not really true. It's not really true. It's more important that we get along and that we love each other than that we get everybody convinced of what we think and what we believe is right. That's just an example of what, you know, how could he show that it is loving service, true humility, which constitutes real greatness? How was he to kindle love in their hearts? And I think that changed that word. Uh, ennoble, yeah. Them to comprehend what he longed to tell them. So those were the questions going through Jesus' mind. And you know what the answer was. Foot washing. Jesus recognized the way to solve all those questions was for himself, the creator of the universe, the king of the universe, to kneel down and wash the feet of those disciples. So here are four more things that are reasons why we should have this service. Number seven, it gives us victory over selfishness. I think every Christian admits that they have a selfish streak in them. How do we get rid of it? Well, there's lots of ways, but the communion is one of those ways. And so as we participate in the foot washing service, he is busy working, helping us to gain the victory over selfishness. Number eight, it will destroy formality and profession. Now it doesn't have to, as we saw in the case of Judas, but in the case of the others, it did. It destroyed the formality of their worship and it put them into heart worship, what we call heart worship, where they are actually connecting with Jesus. And they're not just professing to be a Christian. I mean, when we can't get along with each other, and yet we profess to be a Christian, something isn't right here. And we don't want to leave that. I mean, it comes up. I suppose there's not a single Christian that hasn't had it come up in their life. But the communion service is to get rid of it. So that instead of having a profession, we have the reality of the Christian uh, worship. Number nine, it teaches what real greatness is. The world is teaching the opposite. The world is teaching that whoever can get on top of the pile is the greatest. It's teaching that if you have a title, you are the greatest. And all kinds of ways, that's what they're teaching. But Jesus teaches the opposite. He says, 
The one that's really great is the one that doesn't claim anything to greatness and they're willing to do the most humble task, especially if it will help a brother or a sister. And that is true greatness. But of course, that's heaven's view. And number 10, it creates true love in our hearts. So after the service is over, we love each other more than we ever did before. That is what 10 reasons why Jesus gave us this service. Now let's look at the purpose of the service in Desire of Ages 646. It says, like Peter and his brethren, we too have been washed in the blood of Christ. Yet, often through contact with evil, the heart's purity is soiled. We must come to Christ for his cleansing grace. Now this is the kind of promise that we don't particularly rejoice over. But as Christians, we have to be realistic too. You know, we can't just be idealistic and expect something that's just not reality. And the truth is, as Christians, we often mess up. And the reason is, we live in a world of sin. We live around people that are sinning. We see sin every day. And so that's why it says, often through contact with evil, the heart's purity is soiled. But Jesus set up a plan how we can get rid of that. And that's the communion service, especially the foot washing service. That all of those things that have taken place can be washed away. And I close with this thought from Desire of Ages 649. What a contrast between what Jesus did and what we often are like. But in watching him, we get changed. It says, no one was so exalted as Christ. And yet, he stooped to the humblest duty that his people might not be misled by the selfishness which dwells in the natural heart and which strengthens by self-serving. So every time we serve ourselves, selfishness gets stronger. Every time we serve somebody else, it gets weaker. And Jesus was showing us the way that his people might not be misled by the selfishness which dwells in the natural heart and which strengthens by self-serving, Christ himself set the example of humility. Now, departing just for a moment from the communion service, we see that the entire life of Jesus was about serving us. Everything he did, every waking hour except where he was you know, getting recharged for the day. And even that, a lot of his prayers had to do with us. So his whole life was focused on 
us and what he can do to serve us. And I guess the foot washing is the capstone to help us realize what his character is really like, which is the total opposite of selfish. While they were contending for the highest place, so here's the human contending for the highest place, he to whom every knee shall bow, he whom the angels of glory counted honor to serve, bowed down to wash the feet of those who called him Lord. He washed the feet of his betrayer. That's, that's the lowest level, isn't it? To wash the feet of Judas, who would be his betrayer. But he didn't wash the other 11 and forget about the feet of Judas. He washed his feet too. And as we behold that beautiful picture of a Savior so humble, that he's willing to do these things. It helps us to travel a little more in that direction. And every time we celebrate the communion service, we become a little bit more like Jesus, less selfish, more humble. And you know, if we were perfectly humble, we'd never hurt each other, isn't that right? Never would. We'd always be at total peace with one another. And God is, is leading us down that path. And the communion has a very important part in it.